This is your Places Call. You're listening to Theatrical Thoughts. I'm Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. And today we are joined by Troy Iwata. Troy is best known for his performance in Be More Chill and Netflix's Dash and Lily. Troy, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. It's dark outside already. I don't like it. I by 4.45 when it gets dark, it makes me so sad. It's bedtime. It's bedtime. (laughs) The sky's asleep. So I'm asleep. So I'm asleep. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's so bad. My mom always yells at me. She's like, Emily, I don't get why you don't like the winter. Like, why are you so bummed out? I'm like, it's dark at 4.30. It's dark outside. No one likes the dark. That's a universal thing. No one's like, no one likes the dark. Yeah. My birthday's on the second shortest day of the year. And I'm like, why can't be on the second longest day of the year? Yeah, my middle school, I remember my middle school got out at four. So the sun was going down, like, by the time I got home. <laughs> and I was like, this is awful. And this is, that's like right in the peak of puberty when you're already like really depressed. So it just like, it really didn't help. That? Yeah, middle school is a bad time. And with that, that's, yeah, that's not good. So middle school is horrible for everybody. That's so true. I have not met one mm-hmm. person who's like, you know what I loved? Middle Do you know what I miss? Middle school. <laughs> No, simply no. <laughs> I remember when um, uh, it was the Golden Globes. I think, uh, what's her name? Oh my God, I already forgot her name. And she's very famous. She wrote Girls. Sorry, Le- uh, uh, oh. Lena Dunham, <laughs> that yes. I was blanking. She like won the Golden Globe. And in her thank you speech, I think Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were hosting. And she was like, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, they were who were also up for the same award, but didn't win. She was like, you both got you, me through middle school. And then like, said that in her speech and then finished and then afterwards tina and amy had to go up and present another award and they just like were kind of acting pissed that they didn't win and they were like congratulations lena we're glad you got you through middle school like middle school wow like what an accomplishment on our end i thought that, that was so funny. so funny oh my god that, honestly that's so very funny. valid that's very valid mm-hmm. i think tina Fey got me through middle school honestly so tina if you're listening I'm sure she'd be very happy. The she two listens years. every week. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. All right. Well, as you know, we like to start off our show with our 60 second life story segment. So perhaps we'll hear more about your middle school experience. Then. <laughs> I'll glaze over it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start my iPhone stopwatch. Very, very fancy. And you're going to try to give your whole life in a minute. Are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. 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 One day, one day we'll be sponsored by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Apple, Apple, stop. Apple stopwatches yeah, specifically. Come on. come on, it's like sponsored. Yeah. Apple. <laughs> All right, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna press go. Okay. All right, my name's Troy Wada. I'm from a small town in California called Lake Arrowhead. That's not where the water's from. It's in the mountains. Um, I am half Japanese, which people find interesting sometimes. Um, And then I grew up around theater, not doing it. I was really shy. I started theater when I was 16. My brother forced me to audition for The Wizard of Oz. I got the scarecrow. And then I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is what I'll do. And I just kept doing it. Um, I've never really had a dream to be an actor. I've just kept doing this because it's the only thing I know how to do. And it seems to be working out. Um, I went to college in Orange County. I worked at Disneyland in college. And then after college, I moved to New York because I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't want people to stop asking me what I was doing. So once you say you're going to New York, they stop asking questions. And then I moved here and I've been I've been working in all different facets of the entertainment industry without uh, without doing porn. That's the only thing I haven't done. And um, it's still working out. And I live here in Washington Heights. And um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. Um, uh, oh, it's over. 
That was like the funniest one I've heard. That was my favorite one. <laughs> so many things to unpack and I loved all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So growing up in California, I guess, was like entertainment a part of sort of that aspect? Like you grew up around theater, you said. So sort of like were your parents into it? Sort of how did you grow up around theater? When I say I grew up, I mean, my mom had Avita, the Avita soundtrack in her car um, and she would play it. That's what I mean by that. That's very um, valid. <laughs> I think a lot of people think when people say they're from California, they're like, oh, you're from L.A. No, um, I'm from L- Lake Arrowhead, which technically is in L.A., but um, it's not L.A. It's in it's in the mountains, a very small town. Um, oh, 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 this is what I say. Uh, uh, you know, Lindsay Lohan's The Parent Trap, the campground. That's Lake Arrowhead. Like, that's actually Lake Arrowhead. My babysitter was an extra in that movie. Um, And uh, yeah, I grew up, uh, like, I just, I kind of grew up not necessarily seeing theater, but I definitely grew up listening to, like, all the Roger and Hammerstein's musicals, and we had them on Laserdisc, and I would watch them on Laserdisc, which isn't made anymore. I was going to say, I genuinely have no clue what that is. What a laser disc is? Um, it's essentially a giant DVD. It's about yay big. How did well, that hang even on. work? Yeah, laser discs were, a, I'm actually, I, I will dare to say that laser discs were like the first DVDs because I remember they, they came out when I was like, I don't know, eight, nine, and they didn't, la- they didn't catch on, but we had a laser disc machine and like, it was essentially like, think of a CD that's the size of an album and you'd have to stick it in the machine and it had a movie on it. So it's essentially a DVD, but big. Wow. No, that's weird. I'm like a little <laughs> baffled by the fact that this exists and I didn't know about it. <laughs> when, when we wrap this up, just Google Laserdisc. And I, I think it had a life for like two years and people were like, no, we don't want this. Was this like between VCR? Is that what it's called? VCR and DVD? Yeah, it was v- or VHS. I sound like a child, but. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I was born when only VHSs were happening. But in my childhood, it was, I, I saw the commercials that said now available on VHS and DVD. Because we were at the, the crossover. See, we and had then, the DVD and Blu-ray. That was DVD the- and Blu-ray. And now I don't. And now, it. now it's just DVD because Blu-ray. Also, they tried to like push Blu-ray, saying it's like better than DVDs, but it's like no one cared. No, well, it's, it's like, like no yeah. one has any of that anymore. Everyone's just like, okay, Apple TV, Netflix, Hulu, myself included. Yeah, um, now you see like the bins of like, or like you go to a Rite Aid or something, and they have like five dollar DVDs, and you're like, I wonder who purchases those. That's so. Tr- I have like a whole mountain of dvds over there it's like like little bookcases with them and i think that i'm the last person alive that still has dvds we don't watch them but they're there you just have them yeah yeah they're like relics and maybe they'll be worth something like 10 years from now yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway so you mentioned your brother sort of talked you into going out for the wizard of oz at 16 how did he Mm -hmm. talk you into that and sort of like was that something that was even on your radar before it wasn't i think we always like kind of grew up my brother and i we would like do shows for our mom in our living room um but so she was our main audience like her and our dog and we would um play mozart and put um like put like our t-shirts on our heads and then around our 
we would essentially make dresses and hair and um and dance to mozart my mom would just watch um <laughs> and then uh my brother trevor he started doing drama in like middle school and i was just like painfully shy um and he kind of blossomed in school through theater and stuff like that. And then I don't know what, what came over him. He just decided one year, it was my junior year, they were doing The Wizard of Oz. He wasn't going to be in it. He was going to do like crew or something. And he, he took the opportunity to say like, you should audition for this. Um, I, I like to think that he was extending an olive branch and being nice and trying to help me um, grow my social wings and fly. But maybe it was just because like they needed guys. And so he was like, I know one and, um, <laughs> and told me to audition. I feel like that's every high school everywhere. Yeah. Everyone's like, we need guys. <laughs> I feel like every musical theater girl has played a town's boy at one point where they had to backwards French braid their hair and put it under a hat. <laughs> that was us in Les Mis. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Our first show together. That's that was both of us. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I auditioned literally everyone who auditioned saying something from Wicked because why would you not? We all thought we were being like smart by being like, it's technically not the show, but it has to do with it. And we all sing the same song. And um, yeah. And then um, I got the Scarecrow. And again, I, I, I like it, you know, I'll just say it's for my talent. But again, there were five boys in the town of Lakerhead all together. So I don't know what their options were. Um, and uh, it was so much fun. It was it was it, I like to explain it like it wasn't necessarily the first time where I realized that performing was something that I was good at because I kind of always kind of I knew that I enjoyed it. Um, but it was the first time that I met a group of people that I clicked with. And I was like, oh, theater people are like fun and weird um so yeah it wasn't necessarily like oh I love performing because I always knew I did but then I was like oh these are the people who are involved here and I knew it wasn't like then and there that I was like I want to be an actor but I knew that I wanted to like be in that world because of just the community that's so accurate we're always saying that like theater it's such a unique kind of community it's the best Mm -hmm. one in my humble opinion but yeah it's just I think it's wonderful I think more people need to do theater just to get just to get the feeling of what that feels like to be able to it because it's really just um, it's the creating of something together is what brings everyone together. And I don't know about you, but like when I left high school and college, I was a theater kid, both those parts of my life. Every time towards the end, non-theater kids would come up to me and say, I always wish that I was involved in theater because you all are so close. And we were like, oh, we all thought that the whole school thought we were like weird. And they were like, well, we did, but you were close. Yeah, no, I see it like I'm, I'm a senior in high school and I see everybody. I don't do the shows through my high school because like life is crazy. But I always see people coming up to the theater kids now and they're like, you know, I wish that I did it my freshman year and got involved. And I'm like, you've been saying that these kids are strange this whole time. But like, yeah, I know you see it now. I, <laughs> well, it's, school, I think it's so. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say my school doesn't have musicals because it's a really small private school. But even today, my best one of my best friends and I were talking about Jeremy Jordan, because like as you do. And this girl that's her first day was today came up and she's like, are you talking about Jeremy Jordan and musical? I love Broadway. I'm like, you're immediately my friend now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a love that you can really bond over. And um, yeah, I think it's so funny how like even like, quote unquote, popular kids would be like, I was always so scared to audition for musicals. And I was like, I always for some reason 
think of theater kids as like the shy ones. And like we that's why we get up on stage. It's like easier to make a fool of yourself in a performative way. And I think it's funny how like the the students who seem to be the like fearless ones are the ones who are like scared of performing. (laughs) I always thought that was interesting. You're so right. You're so right. It's so interesting to me. It's like I'm like generally decently introverted, or at least I was for most of my life. But getting on stage, it's like, well, this isn't me, so it's fine. Yeah, they can they can <laughs> see this character. It's like, yeah, it's not me, or it's like you're. That's what a stage is for. You're supposed to make a fool of yourself and perform on stage. So you're like, oh, it's more acceptable to do it when I'm elevated above everyone else. Yeah, the last show I was in, I had to call like a bird, but it was a junior version, so there was no context as to why I was calling like a bird Emily was there it made no sense but I was like okay I guess we're gonna do this twice in the show so we did it (laughs) yeah anything can happen in live theater (laughs) all too true (laughs) (laughs) so you decided to do this in college and you know keep up with it so I guess sort of Mm -hmm. how did you go about deciding where to go to school and making that call to stick with theater and education um well being the like shy kid that I was I went to I went to a big school right out of high school and it was like such a culture shock for me because Lake Arrowhead I think is like now it has like 9,000 people total um it was less when I lived there and then I went to a school that had like 40,000 people just the students and I was like I don't know how to I didn't know how to handle it it was just I'd also never met that many people who kind of like knew who they were. I was still like figuring myself out. So it really like took a toll on me. So I ended up dropping out because I was like, I can't handle how big this school is. And I went to a much smaller school, which was a lot better for me. Um, As far as like majoring in theater again, it was just like, I don't like, I would look at the list of all the majors and I'd be like, I don't know how to do anything, nor am I really that interested in learning about marketing or something you know I just like um and luckily I had a really I had really supportive parents who were like we just want you to go to college it doesn't really matter what you major in which I think is rare because I definitely went to college with other theater majors who had to double major because their parents were like you have to major in something that's going to be quote-unquote reliable um so I was very fortunate to have my the parents that I did so yeah, that's kind of, I, it, it wasn't really like, again, it wasn't like, oh, I have to do theater. I was like, I don't know what, what the hell else am I going to do? I don't know. So I did it. <laughs> that was me the first 16 years of my life. So yeah, been, so that's, yeah, but that's great that you ended up, like, you knew that you, that's something that you like to do. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. And it, again, it wasn't even like, this is, this is definitely coming from a place of privilege, but I, it was never like, oh, well, how am I going to monetize this? How am I going to make a living off of this? That I wasn't, my mind wasn't broad enough to even think beyond college. I was like, I'm here now, so I may as well enjoy it. So, and theater is going to help me enjoy it. So that's what I did. I wasn't even, I was, I was not thinking of like, wait, how am I going to turn this into a career? Um, and it was the same with like, um, so that's why like by the end of college, I was like, okay, I have a musical theater uh, degree, if you can call it that. Um, But, (laughs) and I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess, I guess I'll go to New York because that's where, you know, that's, I think, because I was like, I think that's where people go (laughs) if they want to do musical theater. 
Oh my God, that is amazing. So before that, though, you said that you worked at Disneyland. So was it through the Disney College program or how, what was that like? No, I just, um, the college that I ended up going to was like 15 minutes away. And I was like, I should get a job. Um, and I was like, I love Disneyland. And like they, their hiring process is kind of insane. You just go online and like submit an a, a application because they're hiring people all the time. Um, and then, yeah, the summer, the summer before I started going to college, I got a call. I was ironically at Disneyland when I got the phone call that I got hired and like I remember answering the phone I don't remember what the person's name was but they were like as soon as they told me that I got the job the parade started it was meant for you it was meant to be it was a magical time and I was like oh my god I I can't hear you because it was so loud they were playing like they were playing like a Hannah Montana song and I and I was like, not my top choice, but this is great. <laughs> that is amazing. But also, if if I lived 15 minutes away from Disney, I would be there every day. Like, I would get nothing done in my life. Like, I'm yeah. planning on doing the Disney College program. Uh, like, I'm applying for it after college, before graduate school. So, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that, like, just getting to be at Disney every day, I'm going to get nothing done. <laughs> It'll be it's worth definitely, it. I think, like. I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like ruin the magic for you because it definitely didn't do that for me. Um, but you get to like become a part of the magic and it 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 um I don't know. I think it's kind of funny and hilarious how like you go as soon as you go backstage, like it's not as colorful. I think that's funny. <laughs> and I think it's funny how like I remember like my first day, I they're like we like walked up Main Street, they were giving a tour, and then they're like, and now we're gonna go back to the Jungle Cruise, which is where I was working, and we like go through the door immediately, it's just like black and brown, and someone was smoking, and I was like, this is the real thing, I love it. Yeah, I did a tour at Disney once, like we had one of the VIP tour things, and they like took us backstage, and I was like, are we in this? Are we in like a different place? Like this is yeah. not yeah. Disney. It's just like warehouses and industrial. Yeah. Stuff and you're like, but in a way, I'm like, this is cool because this is what people don't get to see. I feel but like yeah, I was that. very New York of me, but <laughs> I like the sort of like messy side of it. I don't know. It seems- yeah, I thought it was cool. There were definitely the people who were like worked at Disney and it, they were like, it ruined the magic. And I was like, well, how unrealistic are you as a human? Uh, <laughs> it's a theme park. What did you think? Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was super fun. And I, yeah, I was a Jungle Cruise skipper for like over three years. That's and it was awesome. super fun. Okay, Jungle then, Cruise skipper is low-key my dream job. Not gonna lie. Like to tell corny jokes all day. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Honestly, go yeah. To after this, like we, yeah. after college, we are going to go before grad school. We're both going to go and just do that. Whereabouts are you right now? Like in We're the- both in Jersey. Jersey. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me that in 10 minutes, I will tell you that I'm from New York. I That's the goal. Got to get out of Jersey. Get to Washington okay. Heights, honestly. That- <laughs> I'll be in yeah, Maryland. I'll be your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in Maryland, then Florida, if I get in the Disney College program, and then Washington, and then maybe back to New Jersey, New York. I don't know. Never we'll know. see where life takes us. Yeah. See where life takes us. So then you moved to New York, and you said that you ended up booking Be More Trouble. What was your favorite? pre be Marshall project and like what happened with all that when you moved there my favorite project before be more chill um i kind of i i dinked around a lot um i let's see what did i work on i worked on a lot of like just small developmental projects that never really went anywhere 
um, there was one, uh, there, I, it was my first, I wouldn't even say, I guess it was, it was a TV pilot that never got on TV, but it was supposed to be a TV pilot. And it was about, um, it was called truth slash fiction. And do you know what slash fiction is? I've heard the term, but like, yeah, totally. Whoever's like, if you have any listeners that are slash fiction fans, they're probably like clawing at the wall right now. Cause like, okay. So there's like a whole community of like, it's, it's essentially like, um, oh my gosh, I hope I don't explain this wrong. Please forgive me if I do. Uh, slash fiction is like a, within the umbrella of fan fiction, but slash fiction usually tends to be sort of like homoerotic fan fiction. And it's, they did a lot about like One Direction, like the members of One Direction. And it's essentially just like sort of, like homoerotic romantic stories about (laughs) the band members so anyways I have two friends who wrote a tv pilot about that and I was like one of the band members and it was essentially just about this small this small group of kids in a small town who are this these huge fans of this boy band and they like get together and they write fan fiction about their favorite boy band um and it was so fun it was like it was it was funny and heartwarming and like sexy and then every like episode would have an original boy band song and we got to like make a music video for it <laughs> um and it like won a couple festivals and we got really excited and we were like oh my god we're going to start a tv show and then you know as the industry goes it never happens so that made me sad but that was a really really special fun project and i met some really close friends on there um it was with i worked with the other members of the band were there's a couple of Broadway people. Matt Doyle was in it and Dandy Quadrino. Um, and then two others who are equally as talented, but never made it to Broadway, which does has nothing to do with their talent. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. They haven't made it. To Not yet. <laughs> That's awesome. So now moving along, you ended up booking Be More Chill. So mm-hmm. which is uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, Emily. I don't know. It's just I don't know, pretty small. Sounds familiar. You know, yeah. Vaguely, I guess. <laughs> so one of the things we love to hear is like the audition story. So tell us how you booked it and like how you found out. That's what we love to hear. Well, I so I was I got I got an audition for the the Jersey premiere of it, which the like the first, I guess the world premiere of it. I think that's what it was. Um, and I got it, it was a self-tape. I was on the road with a theater works tour of the lightning thief. I was playing Percy Jackson and just like a children's tour back when it was a children's tour. And so I submitted a self-tape like from my dingy hotel room. Um didn't get a callback or anything, but I but that audition like stuck with me because I was like, this material is like really good and really funny. And I auditioned for Jeremy, didn't get it, whatever, continued with my life. And then I don't even know how many years later that was, like three or four years later, then I saw that they they made the announcement for the off-Broadway production at the Signature and I emailed my agents and I was like, I auditioned for this like four years ago. I also did a show that Joe Trace, the same guy who wrote it, wrote. Um, so maybe they know who I am. Um, and I would really, really love to be seen for it. And then I think the next day my agents were like, we got you an appointment. Um, they're just looking for understudies. And I was like, I don't care. Um, so I went in and I remember like I walked in and they were like, Troy. And it was one of those things where I'm like, the energy that was being thrown at me was like, we're old friends. But I was like, I, at that time, I was like, I don't really know any of you. (laughs) (laughs) so I was like hey um and then yeah I just did I I remember I 
read for I read for Jake, Rich, and Michael because that's who they needed an understudy for. Um, did that, got a callback, did the exact same thing again, like literally just did the same thing. Um, and then I don't remember how much later I got a call saying that I got it. And it didn't really hit me what a big deal it was because I myself didn't even know what a big fan uh, demographic it had. Um, so I was just excited to have a job. And then as soon as they like made the announcement and our names were listed in the cast, I think I got like 5,000 Instagram followers like in two days. And I was like, oh, I think people like this show. Um, and yeah, and that was a, the, the off-broadway production was really fun. It was kind of a whirlwind because the understudies came in way late in the game. Like, like our first day of rehearsal, I think they started previews like the next week. So we were like, oh, we don't have just, and we were like, they're like, just in case they call it, you have to go on. We're like, we don't know the show yet. Um, but luckily none of that happened. I did to get to go on for like all my parts. It was so fun. The signature theater is a really fun space to be in. Um, there were just three understudies. It was me, Talia and, um, Cameron, and they didn't really have like a big green room. So we would just hang out in the lobby, which was super fun. Cause during intermission, all the fans would come out and they'd be like, are you the understudies? And we'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, ah, so we still felt important, <laughs> which was nice. And mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, and then it moved to Broadway and they took us with them, which is very nice of them. <laughs> that's amazing. That must've been so cool to like get to interact with the fans in that way. Like that's, that's wild. I know it's not like that anymore. You can't really, cause of, cause of the COVID. The Corona. <laughs> yeah. So I guess one of the, Be More Chill is definitely one of those shows. I remember when it came out, it was just like the talk of the town, such a dedicated fan base. So I guess on your side, performing for those fans and like interacting with them what was your favorite aspect of kind of that interaction do you have any favorite stories with fans and all that jazz I mean it's kind of like yeah I never worked with a worked with, with a project that had such a big fan base and um actually this is like I mean maybe I could throw this question back at you like when you when you first discovered Be More Chill and everyone you knew was talking about it what was it about it that they loved because I think I'm a little older than the than the main demographic of it. And so when we kind of joined and they were like, oh, like the kids really love this show. And it was like, that's great. And I can see why it's like fun, but I think there's something more specific about the show that I personally don't get because I'm older. I think that when I, it came out when I was a little bit younger, I was still, I was in like the tail end of middle school I think it was like freshman year when it moved to Broadway for me. And I mm. remember when people would come up to me, it would always be like, they would talk about Michael in the bathroom. Like that was the big, the big song. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, you know, it just sort of captures that like awkwardness and that like desperation to belong and all that kind of stuff. So I think that not only is it like a fun show where everybody was like, oh, this like the music is so good and the hype, but also just like that connection. I think that it just sort of hit young people that they felt really seen, you know? Yeah, it was really, it was really cool to sort of see that. And like, I, I had so many friends who like kept going back and seeing the show just again and again, because they felt so represented in a way that they hadn't sort of seen a show touch them like that. Like we, we had Dear Evan Hansen that was like talking about like mental health in that way, but there was nothing that you could sort of watch and not completely sob, but still represented you in that. Sure. Like, really yeah, I get that. You know? It was really, mm -hmm. it was really cool. It was a cool moment, I think. 
That's true. I, yeah. I mean, I think be more chill is it's, it's about that time in your life that it's about the awkward time in your life, but it's like portrayed in a, in a, in a, I guess, funnier way. Yeah. It's like less, like less overtly depressing. <laughs> than yeah. I think. Because usually it's like, if there's conversations around that really weird time, it's like, ah, you know, just, just be sad kid. Whereas this was like, no, we, we get it. Like it's mm-hmm. awkward. And then it, it made it funny and it made it accessible right. and it made it like upbeat almost in a like yeah. kind of vaguely sad way but it was it was very cool to see people like so, feel so seen by it you know yeah I think also like there was representation of different kinds of like tweens in there because it was like there were nine of us or there, or there was 10 but there was one adult and then there were nine kids all different like social status you know but all still going through that same thing where something like Dear Evan Hansen, it's like, if you don't relate to Evan, then there's no one else on the show. Um, it's Evan and his parents. Um, so yeah, I guess so. All right. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a really special time. I just think it's, it's when I think back, I just think it was just an honor to be able to take part in something that meant so much to a large group of people. Um, especially being like in the original Broadway cast and um, just sort of, yeah, being able to see the fans afterwards and, and yeah, just being able to be there for them in that way. I think that was, that was the most special thing, you know, and even though we had like a short run, I think, you know, at least we had one and it was fun. (laughs) No, I think that, it was just one of those shows so many people it just it hit really and yeah it was a short run but like it was such a powerful one I think and everybody it was cool to also see I think the sort of conversations around like off Broadway to Broadway was really cool because I I didn't get to see the show on Broadway but I remember everybody was like super different kind of vibe which was cool it Mm -hmm. just it seems like it was such a cool experience you know for everybody involved and everybody that saw it like just wonderful stuff (laughs) Yeah, it was a really, it, it was, it was special. It was kind of an underdog experience because it was um, kind of revolutionary its journey to Broadway. Cause I think Be More Chill was probably one of the first uh, shows to make it all the way to Broadway because of fan love and because of hype and because of like social media. Um, and it's actually, actually it has, Be More Chill did change the game because now it's like, I'll, I've done like readings and workshops of of new musicals and the social media um, like presence is a conversation now. You know, I feel like Be More Chill was, was one of the first, I don't want to say the first, but one of the first um, musicals to sort of have a presence online and um, sort of use it to, 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 get, to get people to love it. And now it's like, you're part of any show and they're like, this is our Instagram. And you're like, okay because Be More Chill had it, I get it, but. Um... <laughs> yeah, Be More Chill was first. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's true, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Sam's Be More Chill, you don't have something like Beetlejuice and like the TikTok craziness of that. Like you, like it really, yeah. like, it revolutionized that like social media using it to the advantage rather than it just being like, yeah, we have an Instagram account. Like, no, that's a huge part of it now. Yeah, and even think of things like over the pandemic, Ratatouille the musical and Bridgerton the musical, which is nominated for a Grammy now. <laughs> um, like I would, I, I wonder, you know, if Be More Chill hadn't happened, if stuff like that would even be on the radar 
of uh, as like an idea of like oh why don't we try to use social media to like um to uh get to get exposure as a musical sorry there's a siren outside my window new york things (laughs) no i think someone's dying it doesn't matter (laughs) it's fine i think it's so cool because i think that that social media it's definitely made theater i guess cool and more accessible and widely available to the masses I had so many friends that like aren't theater people texting me when Ratatouille premiered like I'm watching this Ratatouille TikTok musical and I'm like I didn't know that you knew that was happening but I'm also watching that you know it was so cool and you're right I think be more she'll walk so that Ratatouille could run you know so that ra- yeah that's like I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt <laughs> be more chill walk so Ratatouille could run because oh, without man. without be more chill Ratatouille would be nothing it's like one of the most popular it, Pixar yeah. movies. <laughs> that is so funny. So now, like overall, what would you say was your favorite aspect of performing in Be More Chill? Um, I mean, I really loved being an understudy. I thought that that was so fun because I, I got to play over the course of Off-Broadway and Broadway four different roles. And I got to bring my own twist to them. And um, it's always nice, even like, even if I was called in last minute, there's always this, there was this energy of like, oh, Troy's here to like save the day. And I was like, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> so I, I loved being an understudy. I thought that that was fun. I, I don't want people to think that that's all I can do. But, um, you know, for all the industry professionals who are listening to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, hero moment, but also like, you know, there's more to it. Yeah, there's more to it. <laughs> well, I guess we do have more to it because you ended up doing a Netflix series, which is insane and incredible. So mm-hmm. I guess, can you tell us a little bit about Dash and Lily and sort of your experience with the show? Yeah. So uh, Joe Trace, who wrote Be More Chill, also wrote Dash and Lily. Um, and during a rehearsal in Be More Chill, he came up to me and he was like, oh, so I'm working on this Netflix show I don't um there's this character that I think you'd be good for he's this half Jap half Japanese gay older brother and he's funny and I was like that's uh me uh (laughs) and so that was and then it there was just that word of mouth and then I heard nothing for like over a month I think um and then I randomly got an email with an audition and um, I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. This is funny. And this is very, very me. Um, went in an audition, literally just had two auditions. Um, was one of the best audition experiences I'd ever had. This is just separate, but the the, the casting that they, the casting office that they chose was very, um, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you audition for things and they're just kind of sitting behind the table and they're like, do your best in what we've, in the situation that we have provided. <laughs> and um, with that, da- with my audition process with Dash and Lily, every time whoever I interacted with was like, how can I help to make you the most comfortable so that you can have fun performing this material, which I think is rare, which is odd. It shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, I auditioned for it twice. And then got the call from my agents that I got it. And it was very surreal. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start a TV show. And um, I remember went in uh, for the first reading, met everybody. I, everyone was, it was from the very beginning, I knew that it was going to be just a really lovely, um, a really lovely experience. Um, Sorry, something happened with my computer and my screen just changed, but I'm back. Um, everyone, it was just a, 
throughout the entire process, we had a really small cast. It was a small crew. We kind of filmed in the same location every day. So it was just a really warm and welcoming and sweet, quaint experience. And we knew we were making something that was just, people were just going to really love. And um, yeah, and it's so sweet. It's just a sweet holiday film that I hope people are revisiting now because it's the holidays. I will say, a couple days before we were filming this, it like came up on my little Netflix, like you should watch this. And I was like, I should watch this. So I have to <laughs> this week. I'm excited now. <laughs> so it I was guess, so sweet. Yeah. I'm so excited. Like it's going to be really good anyway. <laughs> so I guess sort of looking at, you know, between film and TV, how would you say that you approach the work differently across the mediums? Like what sort of distinguishes the two of them in your process? Um, Oh, that's a really good question. I think it really just depends on the project. I mean, naturally, just like theater is usually a little bit more exaggerated than than film. Um, I, I don't. I, I can't think of like a better answer than that. I wish I had like a like a masterclass answer for that. It really just depends. I mean, that works. Like honestly, yeah. I mean, that's the difference, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, there you go. Submit. Yeah, there you go. Nice and easy, simple. Yeah. <laughs> Send tweet. Now, what was your favorite part about filming the show? Um, my wardrobe. I was mainly in robes and blankets, so it was a very comfortable experience. Um, my character also just like never le- left his room, so um, I was always filming on the set on the lot. Um, so that was really lovely always having the same place to go to work every day because that's something that you don't really have as an actor sometimes the cast was just so wonderful Midori is a rock star and she's now uh she's now starring in um sex lives of college girls on hbo max which i've been watching it is such a great show so good Um, i watch it's so good (laughs) it's really good and i'm not just saying that because Midori's in it but like mindy kaling writes and casts amazing shows um and yeah, it was it was it was really lovely. It was a really small, it was a really short process. I think we filmed the whole thing in like two months. Um, and yeah, it's just it's always felt um, very cherished. And everyone that I've spoken to who loves it just thinks it's like the cutest, most lovely little thing. And that's great because that's what we wanted it to be. And um, I think it was also like kind of subtly revolutionary when it came to certain stories being told and how, you know, how queer stories were were told and how uh, biracial stories were told. And I think like, um, yeah, it was really special. I think, you know, Dash and Lily was the first time that a character was written to be half Japanese that I've ever played. And so I didn't really realize what kind of weight that would lift when it came to like acting because I've played like Asian roles before and there's always a voice in my head that's like am I not qualified to do this or are people gonna be mad that I'm doing this because I'm half white um or if I'm playing something that doesn't you know or playing a white a character that's usually white or something I'm like not necessarily people are gonna be mad but I'm like are people gonna be like confused (laughs) you know um so being able to just show up to work and actually worry about the the material um, was really, really wonderful. Um, and it, and it never felt heavy handed. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, okay, you guys are half Japanese. So we're going to put Japan everywhere. And it was like, no, (laughs) you don't have to. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And then also being able to just play a 
play a queer character that wasn't based on the trauma because I feel like I've also played a lot of a lot of queer characters where it's like they are closeted and then they're gonna come out and people are gonna be mad and I'm like okay like um (laughs) this was just like no this is the brother and he's gay and he has a boyfriend and they love each other and it's great and I was like this is great we should have more of this I understand that certain historical stories need to be told but they don't all need to be that (laughs) agreed I think that's so important that it just becomes normalized and like mm-hmm. I mean, talked, like Emily and I have talked about that before like just the representation and yeah I think that's awesome so yeah yay. so that's awesome and that sounds like such a fun experience so it was yay. super fun yeah so now now that we're learning how to do theater as safely as possible during COVID what are you most excited about as live theater returns and Broadway's back um I am uh, what am I excited about? <laughs> that's a that's honestly like a loaded question because even though like it is very fun to say theater is back and Broadway's back, it's not back completely. And then also we're now in a time where we're kind of grappling with like we tried to we tried to do a lot of personal growth over the last year and a half. You know, when everything was closed, it was like, all right, great. Now let's take this time to become socially aware and to grow as people and to try and fix a lot of these um, like racial issues and 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 all these other ism issues that are happening in the industry. And that's I think it is happening slower than I would like. And it's also happening from the bottom up, which is interesting. I think it would be a lot easier if it was the opposite. Um, so it's on one hand, of course, of course, I'm very excited to see Broadway shows opening up again and to seeing, you know, thousands of people going and seeing musicals and being able to escape and watching people sing and dance. It's always like, of course, that's super fun. But at the same time, it's, 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 um, I wish there was more of a balance of, there are certain parts of the industry that now have mission statements saying we're different, but you look at them and you're like, but you're not, you know? And not to say that they're not trying and they're not working on it. Um, I just think it's, um, it's difficult to transition power um, because when you have it, you don't want to give it up. And that's just a human thing. Like we just don't want to. So that's not being like, you're a bad person. It's just like, no, when you have privilege and power, you get comfortable and you don't want to give it away. Um, so because of that, I think the transition is a lot, is a lot slower. I think it's happening. Um, it's just, it's going to take a while and we all need to do our part. Um, so that did not answer your question. I'm realizing, uh, no, but it does. And you're right. It would be. I would love to see it happening from the top down. You know, I feel like there's so much work that's being done on the ground floor, which is amazing to see. And these conversations are happening. And, you know, we are sort of forcing people to look at it and look at it objectively. But it's like, yeah, you're right. It's happening very slowly and it's happening, it's happening. but it, it should be happening more. Yeah. Know? And I'm I've I've never been one of those one of those people who's like everything is problematic and we shouldn't support it if it's problematic. I'm like, because everything is, nothing is perfect. You know, Um, I'm just like, look, as long as we're moving in the right direction, uh, in a positive direction um, and constantly questioning ourselves of how we can grow and be better, that's great. I do think that 
like there's a lot of people in every industry, just in life, who kind of want to like, what's the answer? What do I need to do so that I can do it and not have to worry about it? And it's like, well, that's not the that that's not how it works. No, you need to constantly be asking yourself, like, who are we not allowing at the table? Um, and not only that, once you allow them, you can't just allow people to sit at the table, you have to let them talk, you know, <laughs> and um, also let them be in charge sometimes. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I think um, it's gonna it's gonna be a while. But um, to answer your question, I am excited um, just just to see what what new shows are, are coming out. Um, I'm excited to see what new blockbuster movies are gonna be made into musicals because um, there's not enough of those. <laughs> That's too true. Oh my God. So I guess we like to end on this question, but you know, you're talking about that growth of the industry, but on a personal level, I'm sure that there's so much growth that has happened over the past couple of, it's been a couple of years now. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> one of the questions that we love to end on is um, if you could give a piece of advice to your past self, what would it be and why? So if you have any ideas on that. I feel like my past self just worried about so much of so much that was like out of, out of his control. Um, yeah. And that, that I, I waste a lot of time doing that. What would I tell my younger self? Um, I don't want to be too cliche and just be like, you're enough. Um, <laughs> I would just try to encourage, I, I would encourage my younger self to take himself less seriously um and to yeah not try not to have you everyone's journey in life is completely different there's no right answers everything matters and nothing matters at the same time so just as long as you are trying your best to be your best that's literally all that you can do um and stop comparing yourself to other people Ugh which is the hardest thing to do, especially in this industry where we are encouraged to compare ourselves to other people, <laughs> which is stupid. Um, but yeah, it's like, life is all about balance, taking yourself seriously as well as not. You know, it's, ugh, there's no right answer for anything. This is like, like if for anyone who's just like looking for any kind of anchor in life, I am not the person to talk to because I'll be like, nothing is real, you know, like... <laughs> Me too, though, honestly. <laughs> this is all an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just in a video game. No. <laughs> yeah. Let's be more chill is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that is a very good way to end on it. Like, just everything, we take ourselves too seriously, but sometimes we have to, and sometimes we don't. And finding that balance, you're right. It's so important. And Step back just and realizing what's important in life. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's life. Have fun. We're all just souls in these like flesh bodies. And eventually the bodies are going to get old and stop working. And that's what death is. It's not <laughs> you dying. It's your body died. And then you become a ghost and you're, and you're like, well, where do I go now? You know? I love that. I love that idea. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Well, Troy, thank you so much for talking with us today. This has been so cool to get your perspective. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been so, so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And to connect with Troy on Instagram, follow at Mr. Troy Iwata to keep up to date on his latest projects. Be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.